0: Hello and welcome to the Just Keep Thriving podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Agresta. This podcast was created to empower beautiful humans just like you to embrace their power, expand to new heights, and truly feel like they are thriving. My goal is to provide you with actionable tips, empowering tools, and so much more to attract and create a life that you are completely obsessed with. In this podcast, we're going to cover topics including manifestation, self-love and acceptance, health, spirituality, living a life of passion, having more money, attracting more money, being fully expressed, and so much more. I am beyond excited to have you here, so let's get started. Hello, beautiful humans, and welcome to the podcast. Today's episode is something I'm so excited to record. Oh my goodness. Um, and we are talking all about how to overhaul your life to, to truly experience the feeling of thriving. And I'm going to go through the six pillars that I teach on these six pillars that I have learned to be true when we are talking or necessary to really embrace, look at, shift in our lives to truly experience a, uh, like a place of thriving. Um, six or seven, I might add in a seventh. I don't know. I'm working on my content pillars for Instagram. If you're not an entrepreneur, you have no clue what I'm talking about, but this is like the main topics that I really talk about. Um, Yeah. So let's get into it. And the reason why I'm talking about this is because you're going to notice a shift in my content and you may have been noticing it already where we are really or I am really going into a place of manifestation and spirituality and energetics and... Oh, it feels so right, and I've been kind of nervous to do it, but it finally feels right. And I've been talking about it since the beginning of the year, and I've been kind of morphing since last year, and I finally feel like I've landed in it. So that is what um, I want to share with you guys today. So, if you are new to my podcast, welcome, or if you are kind of new to my brand, welcome. My name is Johnny Marie Agresta. Um, for a little bit of a backstory, I am a business coach, health coach and what I term Thrive Coach, kind of like a life coach helping you encompass all the things. We're going to get to that in a minute. Um, And I have been working with clients for over 12 years. Um, I have helped thousands and thousands and thousands of clients love themselves, um, live a life of passion, live a fulfilled life, um, get healthier, get happier, have better relationships. And I've really developed a brand that kind of culminates everything that I have learned in my 28 almost 29 years of living and I'm really excited to expand my brand in this way and so I term myself a thrive coach because I truly believe that when we chase a feeling of thriving and when we look at all of the areas in our life as like how can I thrive more what does thriving truly mean to me how can I look at my energy and my intention behind why I'm doing things or how I'm doing things and um, I really love, love, love to see my clients achieve this sense of thriving, not just on a superficial level, like having money or having the body we want or, you know, having, I don't know, whatever, whatever things, the shoes, even though I love Jimmy Choo shoes, it's just a thing. Um <laughs> But also on like a deep level, a deep sense of self-acceptance, a deep sense of self-love, a deep sense of self-confidence and not hiding any parts of ourselves because for a little bit of a backstory about me and my journey, um, not as like a, a coach or a practitioner, but more as, a, um, as just a human, I have gone through a lot of like phases of growth and I'm somebody who constantly values growth. I'm somebody who... Really embraces the idea that if you are not growing, you're kind of dying and I know that that sounds mean and harsh and morbid, but that's what I truly feel like. I feel like life is here for us to grow and for us to impact others and for us to truly explore each and every single day to our fullest and not just live it and do the things but like truly explore it and know what that means for us and fully fully experience it. and I lost my father when I was super young, I was five years old, and Initially, it turned into me wanting to help other people get healthier Um, and me wanting to get healthier for myself because I was very, very, very out of shape growing up. I never played any sports um, because my father had died. My mom was a single mom and I just never really played outside. Like I didn't really move (laughs) as a child and I was never obese as a child. I've never really been obese, Um, but I just noticed that I was just out of out of shape like I couldn't walk up the stairs without being um you know out of breath I couldn't do a damn push-up I couldn't run at all and I just felt really bad in my body and So I started working out when I was 16 and I started weightlifting and and I absolutely loved that and I got really fucking strong. I really embraced it, really loved it, but then it kind of turned into a massive obsession. It did turn into a massive obsession. It was unhealthy. It was every single day. Um, It was me restricting myself and starving myself following 1200 calorie diets, Um, me being obsessed with looking at my body and criticizing it and taking pictures and smushing it into weird positions and it really developed into I have to work out because I hate myself I have to work out because I have to change because I hate myself and it turned from this like mission to get healthier um, and I was just like obsessed with science and I, I still love science and and like figuring out you know how I can be the healthiest to getting involved into a lot of diet culture and getting involved into a lot of like society's expectations of what a fit person kind of looks like and I got really disconnected from myself. I got really disconnected from my body. I got really disconnected from listening to what it wanted to eat, how it wanted to work out, all those things. And so after 10 years of really like starving myself and binging and hating my body, it turned into how can I shift this, right? So I started to intuitively eat, intuitively work out and really start to listen to my body in a nourishment way. And like a physical activity way and then I started to truly love my body and work out because I loved my body and like yes I think there's things that I would always want to change but that doesn't mean that I can't love where I'm at and so I started on this self-love journey in like a physical sense and then I started becoming really unhappy in my life and I started really reassessing what I was unhappy with, and I was really negative, I was really, I talked crap about people all the time, even people who I really, really cared about, um, I talked crap to myself all the time, um, I never had fun, I was constantly overworking, I was being underpaid, and, like, I just, my, my then-fiancé had cheated on me, and I was like, shit, well, this is all miserable, I just hit rock bottom with everything, my relationship, Um, I had a meal prep business at that time and we had to shut that down because my, my fiance was a part of it at the time. And I just really had to look at everything. I'm like, okay, I want to switch everything because I fucking hate my life. And I had abs, I, ha- I was super lean, I was working out, I had like the body and the health thing kind of down at that point. And then I was like, okay, there are different layers, there are different layers, there's mental health, there is uh, manifestation, there is understanding of the self, there's listening to your intuition in different ways. And I started really just overhauling everything in my life. I started feeling confident in myself for the first time I started manifesting I started believing that I could rewrite the negativity in my life and attract something different and so I started on this whole manifestation journey as well as a business journey and so I have basically experienced thriving at a lot of different ways and I think all of them are really 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 important to our journey as humans um And I think that a lot of us only focus on one or two aspects. And if there's anything that I know to be true is that when you thrive in one area of your life, you thrive in all areas of your life, but you cannot only have like the physical sense of thriving, you know, or like the having the money or having the abs or like just being spiritual and being connected to yourself. Like there's also the physical aspect, right? There's the physical, emotional, um, energetic kind of, Conglomeration of thriving, and that's what my mission has truly developed into. And so now I experience life in a very deep way, in a very, in a way that I get to thrive and I chase that thriving feeling in all different realms. And those different realms, those different pillars, those different topics are what I want to talk to you guys today. And my goal with this podcast is to number one, introduce you to um, the expansion of my brand number two get you thinking get you thinking of where are you settling in your life where are you not paying attention to where are there aspects of your life where you don't feel like you're thriving and how can we start to shift that and then number three if this is something that you would like to change in your life please reach out to me on instagram at johnny underscore agresta and we can chat and see if i have a program available for you and my goal is to see you thrive to see the entire world thrive and not just in one way. So let's get to it. So the first part of thriving that I want to talk about today is money. And number one, that's because I am currently launching, not when this, pro not when this podcast comes out, but I'm currently launching a program with Ascension Mini Mind, and it's all about making more money as an entrepreneur, but also because money is one of the under, most under talked about um topics and we don't have to not talk about it like it is so important to our lives <laughs> and it's so important to our happiness and our well-being and our sense of thriving and everybody's all like hush fucking hush about it and we don't need to be like it's something that we all use every single day it's something that we all constantly need and want more of it is something that people constantly stress over people feel shameful of and that's why we don't talk about it right when we feel shameful of something we push it down we don't share it we're scared to share it with people because then we're like ah oh, they're they're not gonna like me as much or like I can't tell my family what I make because then they're gonna judge me and I'm 30 years old and I should have this figure out or I'm 50 years old and I should have this figured out and Then we just feel bad about ourselves and we keep that in and then we we block ourselves from being truly loved. And that was something that I experienced for a long time. And personally I thought that when I got to a certain place in my business or when I had a certain amount of money and I can just help everybody and pay for people. And if you were struggling, I could help you and all these things. Then I would really feel truly connected to people. And that wasn't like a conscious thing, now I'm aware of it, but Um, It was an unconscious way of me trying to receive love and give love, and it didn't work. (laughs) It didn't work at all. (laughs) Um, It backfired in my face. (laughs) Um, And that's okay. I got to learn from it, right? Which is why I teach on money a lot. And uh, you, no matter where you are, whether you're in business for yourself or not, a lot of you are going to be in my audience. Um, You don't have to keep fucking settling for less than what truly supports you around money. Even if you have no desire of being an entrepreneur, there are still other places where you can go and get more money. You are only settling because you are creating this idea of what safety is in your mind. Let's take teachers for example. I've worked with a lot of teachers especially on their health and fitness and life and Um, and even in business, I've helped a lot of teachers transition out of business and into, um, or teachers transition out of being a teacher and into business. And my mom's a teacher too. And, there's this idea that like, okay, well, it's really secure, right? You can constantly, you automatically constantly get paid more every year. You're automatically putting money into your TDA, which I think is like some sort of a retirement thing, or you have the option to, and it doesn't get taxed and all this beautiful stuff. Um, you are guaranteed your salary. And once you are tenured, then you can't physically get fired. like I literally had a teacher who didn't show up to school like a bunch of times and somehow could not we could not get her fired. It was very confusing, but moving on. On. um <laughs> you know and it's this like false sense of like safety and it's like what are you exchanging and what are you giving up in exchange for that safety that external sense of cool well you could put money into your retirement okay well you can put money into your retirement anyway um you know or an increase in salary cool how much are you actually increasing and what and how can you create that increase or even more if that's something that you want on your own or working for someone else Right? Or it's the idea of like, oh, well, I get two months of summer off and all holidays off, and I still get paid, and I have the opportunity to go to summer school and get paid even more. Like, you get paid, I think, a lot more, at least in New York, for summer school. And it's like all of these things that when people find out you're a teacher or you find out someone's your teacher, you automatically think, like, cool, that's a safe job. But is that truly helping you thrive? Is the money that you're making truly helping you thrive? Right? I had a client years ago who's Wanted to get out of her marriage and she was a teacher and she was like, I just physically cannot support my child, so I cannot leave my husband. Like, so you exchange safety in all of these other ways, but you still don't feel safe enough to leave your husband and expand into this place because of money. Right? You are limiting you are basically creating a scenario where you are limited by it, right? And you don't have to like that. That's the whole point of me talking about this. Like you don't have to settle. You are creating this idea of settling because it's safe, but it's not actually fucking safe. You actually don't fucking like it. And you are not happy with your job. If you are beautiful, you're probably not listening to this and resonating with it, which is fine. You can love your job as a teacher. Right. But I think a lot of times we, we just end up in this like safe place and this false sense of safety does not need to exist. You can truly thrive, right? And you can develop what your own sense of safety is, right? So that's like one aspect. Then the other aspect is always having enough, having the belief that you can have enough, make enough, have more, pay off your debt and truly be financially free. I think there's two ideas here. Number one, people, um, Live in like the area of like I have to save everything and I'm going to budget and I'm not going to go off of that and I get to, you know, buy cheaper products and never really go out to eat or only go out to eat X amount of times and if that doesn't feel good for you, like you don't have to live that way. (laughs) And then there's the other realm where it's like, cool, I'm going to overspend and I don't care how much debt I put on my cards and I just get to experience life and I think both can be beautiful but you could also find like a... somewhere on that spectrum of what feels really good for you and what feels really true for you you know and you can be in the energy and the desire and the knowing that you can have more that you can always make more that you get to have more consistently and that there's always more than enough and that's a big shift for a lot of people right that's a really really big shift with a lot of people and um especially when we are talking about such a taboo topic Right? So that's one area of money. And I want you to consider where you are settling. Because ultimately, with money, with anything in life, we get what we settle for. And if you are settling for that, and you're unhappy with it, change it. But a lot of times we don't even like contemplate, are we unhappy with this? You know, it's been a reality for so long. And we just get like caught up in like, mm, I can't even assess that. You know, or, like, if you've been married for a long time or with a person at all, it's, like, you don't even consider, like, am I truly happy? Right? And that's that's really important. Like, that's what I want you to do. I want you to step out of your comfort zone and start to really assess and believe that more is possible for you. Always, because it is. If it's possible for somebody else, it's fucking possible for you. Um Cool. So the second pillar or the second topic that I want to chat about that I really work on my on with my clients is taking care of the body. Um, taking care of the body in terms of nutrition. Taking care of the body in terms of being at a weight or a body size or a body composition that feels good for you, that feels attainable, that feels like something you can do consistently or maintain in a more consistent way than like spiraling down and spiraling upwards in weight and health and, you know, going all out on, you know, dieting and then binging and all that stuff like that's not maintainable, right? So developing habits that are truly actually maintainable, and therefore your body becomes something that is like, you have the ability to maintain. And I personally feel like we don't have to settle for something that doesn't feel good for us. But a lot of times, again, it comes back to this idea that we are we are we feel shameful we feel shameful for being at the weight that we're at or we feel shameful for gaining weight or we feel shameful for when we were at such better shape previously and then we also like start to accept like oh okay well I'm just not 30 years old anymore so I gained weight or I'm not 18 years old so my metabolism is different and stuff like that and it's like we don't have to have that we don't have to settle for that in our life if that doesn't feel true for you right and I I think a lot of people shame people for wanting a a different body or something that they feel sexier and they're like, oh, well, you can feel sexy right now. And I think that's true. And like, you can also feel yourself and like, like that kind of term, like feeling myself, like you can also feel yourself now where you are right now. And then like, cool, I look fucking even sexier here. Like you can, it, it doesn't undermine your sexiness now, but you can love the way you look at a different weight too, or at a different body size, and truthfully, that comes. We typically feel better in our body, not because of the actual way we look, but because of the way we internally feel as a result of treating our bodies right, right. And when I and right is is um, interpretive, interpretive, interpretative, <laughs> whatever the word is, <laughs> can be up for interpretation. There we go. Not interpretative, <laughs> but. And that's up for interpretation, you know? Like, when I was at my leanest, my smallest, um, my most, like, jackedness, and when I had the most amount of muscles, like, I felt the least sexy. (laughs) So I would never want to get back there, not because, like, I didn't feel sexy, but because I didn't feel sexy because... I wasn't taking care of myself, and it was literally starving myself, and I was obsessed with it, and like, I don't think I can ever feel sexy if I'm just constantly in a place of self-hatred and needing to do more, right? And so I think that you can have the abs, you can have a leaner waist, you can have a bigger ass, you can be stronger, you can do all these things, but that's where the sexiness feeling comes from. That's where the weight you feel good at comes from, where the body you feel good at comes from. I guarantee you, nobody feels good when they are more sedentary than active. I can tell you from firsthand, all the clients that I've worked with, when you just start moving, you feel so much better. And when I was building my business in the beginning, one thing that really suffered was my weight, was my activity level. And sure, like I didn't like the fact that I put on weight, and sure, like I wasn't super happy with the fact that I had to like get all new jeans and stuff like that. But at the core, it was. I didn't like sitting all the fucking time. I was sitting 12, 14 hours a day and then like moving felt like hard for me. Whereas it was was always opposite where I was a personal trainer for years. I was constantly on my feet. I constantly had jobs where I was mobile. Um, I never had desk jobs. I had one for like one year and I quit as a dietitian. I was like, I can't can't sit at a desk anymore. Screw this, you know? And it's just like, it just felt harder to move And I didn't like that feeling. And I think that's where people have an option to like notice it, acknowledge the shame that they might feel or acknowledge the negativeness that they might feel or the crappiness in their body, and then shift it. Not from a place of like, I have to get smaller or I have to lose weight because if not, I'm not good enough. But from a place of, I don't like the way I feel when I sit for this long, or I don't like the way I feel when I, you know, go to move my body and it's really difficult You know, and I think when we have that, I know that when we have that shame, and we carry that shame and guilt, it prevents us from actually getting the help, it prevents us from getting the personal trainer again, it prevents us from um, going out and moving, it prevents us from, you know, going to the gym again, you know, and I get it. I, I get that shame so, so deeply. And that's how I know that it's so real, um, especially being someone who was a personal trainer for years and who was really lean, who's really jacked. I was on steroids at one point, all of these things. And I have a lot of my following who has been with me for, for that entire, entire journey. And then seeing me gain weight and seeing me like, quote unquote, get in worse shape and stuff like that. It, it's definitely something that we can feel shameful about. But it's it's not necessary you know we're the only ones who are judging ourselves people might notice like oh okay she gained weight i guess her business got busy and stuff like that but again there's those excuses of like, okay, well, when you're building a business, you have to sacrifice something else. And when we're talking about the idea of thriving, you don't have to sacrifice shit, people. You do not have to sacrifice anything in your life that you want to get something else. I think, in fact, when we're talking about manifestation, when we are talking about attracting what we actually want, we attract things in a better way when we truly have all of our aspects of thriving, like kind of in check, in a place that we're like, cool, I feel really good in my health. I feel really good with money. And then we'll keep going through the other four pillars that I have here. But when we're talking about raising our vibration and raising our energy around our experience in life and our happiness in life, you don't need to sacrifice something, you know? And I, I think I allowed that to be an excuse for me, like, oh, well, I'm just building my business. So, of course, my, um, my health is going to go down. Meanwhile, that's not true. I didn't need to have that happen. And in fact, um, when I spent so much time sitting on a computer, when I spent so much time really working, I ended up burning out and I didn't feel good and it was not maintainable. Right? So it's like I was ignoring the signs and symptoms that my body was giving me about, hey, you can't keep sitting this long. And then eventually, one aspect of thriving, which was my money, which was my happiness. Um, and my ability to have fun, which is another pillar I'll get into, like really, really did like yelled at me, you know, it was like, hey, you're not happy. <laughs> hey, you're really stressed. Hey, you have a lot of anxiety and that weight, that weight gain, that sedentary lifestyle is a byproduct of that. Right. It, it's all a feedback loop and we, we get to pay attention to all of this. So my question to you is, what type of excuses are you using around your ability to take care of your body in a way that feels really good? Right. This can also be medical conditions. This could be age. This could be genetics. This could be like, oh, I just got older. Or like the the awful joke that's not a joke, where like a woman gets pregnant and the husband like also says like, oh yeah, I got pregnant with her. Like, (sighs) typically we joke about about things that we actually feel really negative around, and it's okay for you to feel negative about something. Like we don't have to hide from any negative emotions. I want you to pay attention to those emotions. I want you to not think that you can't feel that pain or sadness you're not going to stay there forever in fact by you acknowledging it you'd be like fuck I feel really awful in this way you know or like oh I did eat a lot and it's not the food that was the problem or the eating a lot that was a problem it's the fact that I stopped taking care of myself when my wife was pregnant you know and that doesn't feel good you know I always like to ask myself in 10 years in 20 years what's going to matter for me to make a decision around right now or what's going to matter for me to um, you know, do right now or feel right now, you know, and what's really good, because when we talk about habits, we talk about like compounding habits, we talk about um, every single day, every single moment, us shifting things um, gets to compound into a massive transformation for us, you know, and again, we try and go from zero to a thousand, but just looking at where you can make those changes, and whatever feels good for you right now, whether it's a big change or a small change, like, I I don't think there is a right or wrong, I have one billion percent, like, overhauled an entire aspect of my life, such as health or whatever, literally, like, the next day I wake up, and I just fucking go full force, and I've been able to maintain it, you know, so it's, like, just understanding that you constantly have power, regardless of the excuses, that you were allowing to be there and you constantly have the power to not give those excuses power <laughs> right and you don't have to settle you know i'll give one less one last antidote before we move on to the third uh pillar or brand thingy of thriving that i'm talking about here um my entire family for the most part has been obese for a lot of their life or part of their life and sedentary and health conditions, I believe all of them are basically on medications. And yeah, just if one's not smoking, one's just not moving, one's, you know, whatever, whatever the case is. And I grew up thinking like, cool, well, that's them. And I refuse to ever get like that. Not that I'm anti-medication. I think medication has its place, but you also have to do your own part in preventing that disease from progressing or um, you know right before the disease starts like it's it's up to you to take to take ownership of that and our genes only are expressed in our body when the environment is there to turn that gene on. So when we're talking about the, oh, the obesity gene or we're talking about the prevalence for heart disease in our genes or whatever it is, like that gene does not need to be expressed. We still have the power to provide an environment for our body for that gene to not be turned on and us not get heart disease and us not be obese and us not get diabetes or whatever the conditions are that are in your family right so we need to look at what our responsibility is in all areas of our life including taking care of your body right and i think that you can really develop all of my clients have a different sense of what truly makes them thrive in terms of their health um and there are different layers of thriving for health you know um but really developing what feels good for you and just following that um while also being strategic and like pushing yourself you know and Knowing when to back off and still pushing yourself and not settling. Like, get real with yourself. Like, what do you want in terms of your health, right? And cultivating that. Um, Number three, in terms of the third aspect that you can overhaul in your life to truly experience a feeling of thriving is getting to a place of self-belief, self-love, and self-confidence. And I kind of put this all in one pillar because I'm lacking, like, a cohesive word for it. But... (laughs) we grow up in a society or just in general where we don't believe in ourselves or we believe in ourselves up until a certain point and then we kind of just back off and we're like nope I can't have that but I could have this right we have like the um people who are really talented the people who are really smart the people who are really good at science the people who you know are I don't know good in bed like whatever the fuck it is and the truth is we can have all of that. (laughs) We can embrace all of that. We are all creative. We can all be fucking great in bed and have epic sex. We can all, um, be really smart in certain areas or the areas we want to, like we all have the same capabilities on a general sense. And we get to believe that we get to believe that we can be good at the things we want to, You know, it's like when I was growing up and I was just like, oh, I'm not an athlete or I can't be a workout person. Nobody in my family is active. Literally nobody um, at that time. Um, You know, I've never been active. I'm a pianist. Uh, I was a classical musician growing up and I'm really good at school. But like, that's it. And like, whereas I don't ever have a desire to play a sport ever, like it just doesn't feel fun to me. Um, If I actually put my mind to it, I could. Right? And somewhere along the line when we became adults, we we limited our ability to believe in ourselves. Or the spectrum of what we believe we can be good at or have or develop skills around. And it's like what you are a fucking unicorn human. Like you can do that. You can have the things you want. You can develop new skill sets. I don't care how old you are. You can shift anything whenever you want. Right? So having that self-belief is directly related to self-love, which is the other aspect of this, which is we get to shift. We get to change. We get to experience from a place of self-love instead of self-hate. We don't need to constantly criticize ourselves all the goddamn time. We don't need to constantly... You know, not accept compliments. If someone tells you you look good and you're like, oh, well, you know, this old thing, or oh, well, yeah, I've gained a few pounds, you know, quarantine 15 or whatever awful things we fucking excuse for in our life and shame ourselves for. Like, you get to love yourself, receive love, express love to yourself, and really live every single day in a fuck yes, I love my body, I love myself, I love my life. And In a deeper sense, we get to love all aspects of ourselves, even the ones where we are shitty to people, even the ones where we talk shit about other people, or we project onto other people, like all of these are coping mechanisms to not feel the feelings that we are feeling to protect ourselves from pain so instead of us acknowledging hey i'm feeling really uncomfortable i'd rather talk shit about this person or like hey you're going to ask me about myself when i see you but actually i'm going to talk shit about my friend who just experienced this and i'm judging her for it and i'm sharing that with you right it's not it's nothing that we do to actually be mean it's something that we do as a coping mechanism to actually feel what we want what we need to feel or what we are actually experiencing right and All of that goes into self-love, at least in my opinion. And then self-confidence is another thing. Um, Self-confidence, self-belief, self-love are all intertwined. Like you can't feel confident in yourself if you truly don't love yourself and all parts of you and accept yourself if you don't believe in yourself. Right. And a lot of times we're like, oh, yeah, she's just more confident than me. Or like when I get a better body, I'm going to be more confident or when I have more money or when I have the next client or when I make this sale, you know, I'll be more confident. And like, no, that's the like when I do this, I will feel syndrome (laughs) and it doesn't exist. It is a false sense of like the external factors that we have in our life change the internal. And the truth is the internal changes the external. What I mean by this is when you get to a sense of feeling really confident where you are and understanding that you're not perfect that you're perfect the way you are but like you're also not perfect at doing all the things you are a human you're gonna make mistakes and we don't have to feel bad for that we don't have to decrease like the notches on our self-confidence pole. i don't know what that is but that just came to my mind but i think that's a cool (laughs) cool way of thinking about it you know it's like i fucked this up so automatically i don't feel confident or this client didn't sign with me i automatically don't feel confident right or this person broke up with me automatically don't feel confident or I gained weight so I don't feel confident I don't look good in this dress I don't feel confident I know all of that doesn't need to exist we get to look internally how can we increase your internal sense of belief self-love and self-confidence right that comes from acceptance right so I guess that that would be that would be like self-acceptance let me write that down self-acceptance would be the third thing and that would go under self-belief self-love and self-confidence um yeah. And belief that you can have what you want. Right. And comparison syndrome is a fucking big one. Thinking somebody else is better than you. All of this stuff goes into that. Right. So I, I want to ask you, when you think about your most, you, the, the version of you that is thriving, that like feels the best, that's just radiating, that is like energized and like jumps out of fucking bed in the morning. It's like, fuck yes, this is life. What does that version of you feel about themselves? What does that version of you feel about how much they love themselves? What does that version of you feel about what they can believe that they can actually have? Right? I want you to start embodying this now. And when we talk about manifestation and attracting things, when you fully embody that, that's when you actually get to that place right it's not an, when i do this i will feel or i will be it's i get to be that person now i get to accept myself and embody those feelings now and then i will attract all of these other things right cool so we have money taking care of the body and self-acceptance the fourth thing that i want you to assess in your life and that i help my clients work on is being deeply connected to the self and this can be on a spiritual level and connected to your soul and really feel that kind of aspect of you and feel how it's separate than the external world and feel how you exist as a soul and everything else just happens around you, right? And we can choose to react to certain ways. We can choose to feel certain things. We can choose to judge ourselves in certain ways and we can just choose to be. Right? And understand that our experience as a soul, our experience as a human can be magical. And the world can be burning around us. And that we are all connected. We are all connected in some kind of like deeper way. And this is where uh, talk of the universe and God and things like that come in. Um, but really understanding what it feels like to be connected to the self and intuitive is another big one that I would put under this category. Um, understanding what it's like when you slow down and you truly listen to your intuition and make decisions from that place and not judge those decisions, but just make decisions that feel right to you, that your body's like, yes, do that thing. Because on the other side of that decision is massive expansiveness, is massive... Happiness is growth and it can often feel uncomfortable, which is why as a society we like just suppress any sort of quietness we have in the world. We're constantly on the fucking phone, we're constantly, you know, scrolling, we're constantly talking to people, or talking about other people, or constantly fucking working, or you know, trying to do something different or learning a new skill and um, you know, we're just constantly doing. And if there's one thing I've learned over the past two years is that being just being with yourself, being quiet, and meditating, being silent, connecting yourself to nature, connecting yourself to yourself, and just listening is is so important. And it's the key to a lot of things that we think we need externally. When in reality, the things we actually need are, are, are internal and our intuition is always guiding us. And we always know the right decision for us, you know, but we avoid it like the fucking plague. We're like, nope, I don't want to do that. Even though it feels right up. <laughs> oh, okay. My body's telling me to do this, but I'm not going to do that right now. <laughs> and it's, it's real and it's okay. Okay. And something's going to come up for you right now as I'm saying this, and you're going to be like, fuck you, Johnny, shut up, I'm not doing that. And you might not do it now, you might not do it later, you might not do it in 10 days or 10 years, but you know that that's the right decision for you, and it sucks. It always sucks because it's hard to make that decision, whether it's around investing, changing a relationship, leaving a relationship, um, moving somewhere, you know, just making those hard decisions is, is really important. And we can't do that if we're not connected to ourselves. So my question to you around number four is, what can you do to get more connected to yourself every single day? Not the things you do, but yourself. That requires sitting in silence, that requires meditating, that requires um, just listening to whatever your body's feeling, right? We got three more. So number five that I believe is one of the most important things in just thriving and in our life is living a life of passion right I always like to think of like what would the world look like if everybody was actually doing the thing that they wanted to do or like that they wanted to do when they grew up you know and and I know not always is that available you know it depends on where we live it depends on our circumstances it depends on I don't know, you know, God forbid you wanted to be a sports player and then, you know, you lost a limb. Well, I don't know, whatever it is. You want to be a basketball player, but you're four foot eight, like whatever it is, you know? So I, I know logically that a lot of things like that can't really happen, but if it's not one thing that you're passionate about, it's going to be something else, right? So even if you are four foot eight and you wanted to be a basketball player when you grew up, there was something else that you were passionate about, right? Cool. Did you follow that thing? It's like I always feel like um, I could just stop everything right now and just go back to being a classical musician and go and play for some philharmonic somewhere across the country or the world. And like I would have been massively successful. There's probably a version of me that has has done that (laughs) in my existence. Um, And I think either way I could have been massively happy. And it could have worked. I could have been massively wealthy doing it. Right, and somewhere along the line, we grew up as adults, and we believe that we could not actually be passionate about the things that we work in, you know, or we couldn't be, we couldn't make money off of our passion, and, you know, oh, it just feels awful to say, it just feels so not true on so many fucking levels, and you should be doing something that you feel passionate about, not that you are settling for like, yeah, well, I like this but like something that you actually feel passionate about. I will give you guys an example. I became a registered dietitian five years ago in June. Speaking of which, I need to renew my certification, but moving on. Um, I went in it to help people thrive in, in their health and in their bodies and learn about food, nutritional science, learn how to cook well, learn how to um, treat their bodies well, fight disease, treat diseases, learn how to exercise. That was my exercise science degree, not necessarily as a dietitian, but learn how to feel yourself as a um, you know, somebody who exercises and who's an athlete. And I got my certification and there were zero jobs that provided that for me, right? I could have settled and I could have said, cool, well, this is just what dietitians do. You know, they either work for private practice and, you know, get referrals from doctors, <laughs> a bunch of clients that don't actually, that didn't actually choose to come to you, that their doctor who, you know, they don't feel really disconnected to, tells them to come to you and they feel disconnected to you and they see you for three hours and, you know, hope that something changes. Um, (laughs) Or, you know, I could have stayed in clinical and been like, cool, well, you know, I don't mind this. I like doing this aspect. I like doing this aspect. But like, I truly didn't feel passionate, right? And so I was just like, well, I'm not doing any of that. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm definitely not doing that. And then I started going... I worked for Lifetime Athletics. I worked for different gyms. I was like, that's not it. That's not it. I hate gym culture as much as like I was a part of that for a very long time. Like, you know, I'm just like, this is not it, but it's getting me closer. And it's definitely getting me further away from what I don't want. And it's also confirming what I don't want. So I'm going to keep going. Right. And 12 years later, we've landed here. (laughs) I started my health coaching online business uh, two years ago, a little bit over two years ago. And I was like, oh, yes, this is what I meant to do. And then it kind of morphed into helping people with their business. And I was like, cool, that's a thing. I like doing this. I'm really fucking good at it. And I love seeing people live a life of passion. But now it's truly expanded into this place of of thriving and overhauling your entire life and really teaching the self, really teaching the human, really teaching all aspects of thriving. And again, I could never have predicted this. I didn't even know I desired this. I didn't even know that this was a thing because I kind of created it for myself. But like, it is. (laughs) And I think one of the, I want to say like one of the biggest ways to feel like stale in your life, like just kind of comfortable is to settle, right? And this passion that you can have for the things that you want to teach in the world or the change you want to see in the world or, um, you know, the things you desire and living a life every single day based off of that. It's just like, the best experience like money is a great experience having sex is a great experience experiencing traveling the world is amazing I love all of that but for me like living a life of passion is one of the biggest things and especially because I am always somebody who values growth and I value other people who really value growth and I don't think that you have a desire to grow in something that you're truly not passionate about or that you're settling. You know, I'll give one last anecdote before I move on to number six. But when I was a dietitian, I was working in a clinical... Uh, I was working a clinical job in a nursing home slash rehab. And the my supervisor was the head of dietetics. She was also the head of food service. And she was overworked, way underpaid, cared so much. <laughs> Nobody cared about her. And she just was so brilliant, so caring, and was just placed in this job that she just settled for. And for years, she I think she'd been there for, like, five or six years. And then one day, like, she was just, like, she found out that they were getting rid of the, like, private hiring, they were hiring a giant company to come in and take over food service and uh, the, the dietetics office. And she's like, cool, so this is what you give me back? <laughs> you know, and it's like, she never felt valued. She never actually loved the work that she did. She loved aspects of it. She loved our residents um, and like the patients that we had. And, you know, she loved, uh, you know, helping people out with nutrition and making menus and like things like that. But, she didn't actually love going into work because of all these other aspects, you know, and it just, it showed me like what I didn't want. I never wanted to settle, whether it was money or like settling for an idea that like I had to like not be valued or I had to feel replaceable or that I had to be replaceable or I had to like never get a raise or I don't know, all these bullshit things or that even like I had to take, I had to ask to take off from work. I don't know whoever created that idea, but that sucks dick. Honestly, excuse my language, but like not at all. It really, it's really awful. I don't think I've ever said that on my my podcast. Sorry if I offend you. I don't mean to, but it just like, it just sucks, man. Like, oh, you should be able to go and do whatever you want whenever you want. Like the world is on the internet, you can do your job on the internet 99.9% of the time the internet is accessible in most areas of the world like go do that (laughs) you know and again where are you settling (laughs) I can't believe I said that (laughs) that was so harsh oh my goodness I'm gonna see a bunch of people drop off when I look at my (laughs) podcast um when I look at the analytics of the podcast, you could see where, where people drop off from listening. It's going to be wherever that was. <laughs> My bad. Um, but we can also just embrace it and call it a day. We've all said the term. Moving on. Um, but where are you settling in terms of living a life of passion and living a life that truly lights you up? Right? We got two more. Um, number six is having fun and enjoying your life. This is kind of going back into the passion and kind of going back into money and, you know, happiness and self-acceptance and being connected to the self. But I really want to touch upon a different topic here, which is like prioritizing the things that make you feel really good. Prioritizing the things that make you enjoy your life, prioritizing the having fun aspect and again as we grew up we lost this you know we were told we have to grow up quickly and you know we have to be more mature and for years I like shitted on people who had so much fun or who prioritized this oh sorry for judging you because now this is like my goal every day like how can I have more fun how can I make every activity more fun even if it sucks um like when I was driving um from Denver Colorado to Texas it was a 14 hour drive straight I was in the car by myself with my dog and like towards the end, it was like the last four, I just starts torrentially downpouring. I'm like, cool, how can I make this more fun? (laughs) You know, and it's not a topic that we constantly ask ourselves, you know, We, we don't even consider it a lot of times. And maybe if you have a child, you like see the experience that they have in the world and you're just like, ooh they're having fun all the time so it kind of forces you to have fun it forces you to play more and stuff like that and i think that there's this misconception that you can't be successful and have fun you can't um make money and have fun you have to sacrifice something you can't spend on this and have more and have fun like no you get to have fun when you are doing everything and having fun puts a better energy behind it and, like, even working out, you know, you just don't have to be so fucking serious. I was in a yoga class one time, and lots of anecdotes today, but that's just the way that I teach, so it's fine. Um, but I was in a yoga class, and the teacher walked in, she's like, why is everyone so serious? And I was like, cool, I was just meditating, and I was like, oh, wait, I do fucking take this so seriously. Like, why does it have to be so serious, right? And she's like, how can you make every everything from, like, cooking to cleaning to... Um, you know driving across the damn country to working just more fun so you can truly enjoy your life you know um, one of my grandparents died when he was I think 95 and he was pr- he was in really good shape he got pneumonia ended up in the hospital and typically it's just not a good scenario for the elder population and um, he ended up not coming out of the hospital two, two weeks later he died and. He was just like laughing and smiling and cracking jokes like he could barely speak like that's how bad the pneumonia was like he couldn't really eat and I like looked at him and I was like how are you still smiling he's like Johnny if you don't have happiness and if you don't have a smile on your face you don't have anything I was like damn that's true coming from a man who knows that he's about to die and it's like we get to live every single day like that we get to live every single day in a place of having fun and enjoying it and you deserve that regardless of if you have a chronic condition regardless of the situations around your life now i'm not saying to like not feel sad i'm not saying to not acknowledge the hard things in your life or the deaths that we experience or the sickness or covid or fear or things like that but what i am saying is that we can always choose to also experience having some sort of lightness in our body, like a light feeling, a feeling of happiness, you know? And I get it. It's hard because a lot of times, like my husband's great at reminding me about this. Like when I'm feeling really shitty, when I'm angry about something, he's just like, hey, so like this sucks. And like you feeling this way is not gonna help anything. (laughs) Like you can't control the fact that this happened. I'm just like, I know, but oh, fuck off. You don't understand this. And it's like, no, like he does. And you can also choose to not um to not feel into that not give it more power than we need to right we can experience happiness and sadness all at the same time so reminding yourself of that is really 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 important and then number seven i love this one and i was contemplating on putting this into here but we're gonna do the thing especially since i've already made inappropriate references that are appropriate in my book and for my podcast i have this also labeled as an explicit podcast so like that's just a thing um not that kids don't say those words but moving on um but number seven (laughs) the last pillar that i'm gonna talk about is sex feeling sexy like exploring your sexuality and just feeling yourself Like when we are constantly feeling down about things, when we are constantly feeling negative, when we are constantly criticizing ourselves when we are constantly like, I'm not there yet. (laughs) The like when this, then that syndrome that I was talking about before. We don't feel sexy. It's like if you've ever been in a relationship where things have gone downhill or like things just aren't as good. Maybe it's your current one right now. Sex is the first thing to go. Or like when you feel stressed, sex is the first thing to go. Right. And it's just an indicator of how we are feeling in our life. Right. Not that like you always have to be having massive amounts of sex or anything like that. I think that we are humans and we experience shit and you know, it it sucks. And a lot of times the last thing we feel is sexy, but I think just paying attention to that is, is really important. And, um, when we talk about self-love and self-confidence and this, as this feeling of thriving, like when you envision that version of you who is really thriving, who is just has that radiance around them internally. And then it kind of like exudes outside of your body and like, it, you feel sexy in that, you know? And I'll speak from a woman's perspective. Most of you guys are women, and obviously it's the only perspective that I could really uh coach on, <laughs> because I am a woman. Um we were taught to silence this. We were taught to like not be sexy or you know, not dress a certain way, or Yeah, you don't want to attract the wrong attention. Um, Don't dance like that. Don't act like that. Don't dress like that. Close your legs. like All of these things. And it's like we're ingrained as a little child to be like, you can't sit like that. It's not ladylike. And it's like, what? (laughs) Like, I'm a lady and I'm sitting and that is ladylike. (laughs) Those are the only two things (laughs) that have to make something ladylike. It's like your false sense of... Perception about what a woman is or how she should act or things like that have have muted our individuality, our sexuality, our exploration of what it means to be a woman and be powerful and feel good in our body and feel sexy, you know, and we live in fucking 2021 right now. It is May 4th, 2021 right now when I'm recording this and we don't need to silence that part of ourselves, you know. And it's, like, I've known a lot of people, including myself, who when we get out of certain relationships, the first thing we do is, like, feel even sexier and then start taking care of ourselves and then start dressing a certain way and doing our hair and all this stuff. And it's, like, why do we ever let it go? You know, and, like, part of it is just, like, hey, I want to feel comfortable and, like, I don't really want to, you know, do myself up. And that's fine. Beautiful. That's fine. Um, But if it's from a sense of, like, I don't deserve to... Or it's a sense of, ugh that takes too much work. Like, that's where we have to look at the sense of thriving. um, And where we aren't thriving and why we're feeling like it's so difficult, right? And truly, feeling sexy, feeling ourselves. Exploring our sexuality comes from an internal place. Comes from an internal place of curiosity. Comes from an internal place of acceptance. Comes from an internal place of having fun and exploring ourselves. And that comes in all different areas. And when we feel fully expressed as women, we are very sexual. And, you know, we're taught like, oh, all men want is sex. And it's like, number one, that's just not even true. Because if that was the case, nobody would, like men just wouldn't have emotions. You know what I mean? Or other needs, which is not true. and then, <laughs> Like they're humans too. And then number two, like we want sex just as much. And we just places pressure on ourselves you know of like what we feel like a sexy woman is or a sexy woman can be and you know we feel like oh well she's sexier than me because she has a better body or she can wear sexier clothing because of this or like my mom has always said like she'll see like women in like really small bikinis on the beach and she's like wow that person has a lot of confidence like regardless of what their body looks like she's just like wow I admire them I give them props and I'm like okay well if that's something that you find sexy on other people then you probably find it sexy on yourself, right? And admitting that is okay, you know? And when it also comes to exploring our sexuality, this is the last thing I'll talk about. It's like, we think that we have to be monogamous. We think that, um, you know, we have to be straight or you have to be bi or like you can't be like curious about other things or threesomes or Whatever whatever it is, and I'm I'm not advocating for any specific thing, like I don't really care what you do. I'm just advocating for you to be fully expressed. And if you were to be fully expressed as a woman or as a person, what would that look like in terms of thriving? What would that look like in terms of feeling yourself? What would you feel like? Right? And when you envision that version of you who is fucking truly thriving what are they wearing what do they look like what does their body feel like how are they carrying themselves what does their hair look like you know and this is something that if you're following me on instagram you've been seeing the fact that i get blowouts a lot um, for my hair and part of this is for me to circulate more money in ways that make me thrive to help me attract more and part of it is that like i just feel really fucking good when i get my hair done and hair blown out and i Sometimes I blow up my hair. Most of the time I'm just really lazy and I don't really know how to blow up my hair. I've just never known how to do it. So I'd rather just pay somebody. Um, And fun fact, Dry Bar, which they have them all across the country, does like dry blowouts for like 25 bucks. So sometimes I'll get a dry blowout if my hair doesn't need to be washed or sometimes I will get a full blowout and they'll wash my hair for me and all that stuff but like pampering myself even though it's not like the world's nicest salon and stuff like that like it does the job and that's my goal is just to have my hair blown out I'm not super picky about things um and then maybe eventually I'll have a hairstylist and have a stylist in general and all that stuff if I desire it and I want it but like you get to determine what that like glow up feels like and what you want to spend your money on and what what makes you fully expressed. How do you feel, you know? And you get to have that. I remember, I'll, okay, this is the official last thing because I have lots to talk about on this because like my entire life and brand in a podcast, but I'll do, obviously be doing more on this. Um, but I used to have a friend who like always got her hair blown out, always had her nails done, always looked put together, um, always had makeup on, just carried herself in this way that was like really hot, really sexy, And like it was just really big. It was really important to her to do that. And I used to judge her for that. Number one, I used to judge her because I found her attractive, and I was subsiding my attractiveness to other women. Yes, I'm married and straight, but I think we're leaning towards the bisexualness, even though I've never been with a girl. But I will totally continue inviting you guys into that as we move through, as I move through my process of things. Um, But yeah, I think that I was. subsiding that attractiveness to her and I was like jealous of it jealous that she felt worthy enough and good enough to do these things for herself and always do these things for herself and I was just like I don't care what I wear I would have like greasy hair I never put on makeup which I still kind of don't a lot of the times but sometimes I do you know I didn't care if I matched or like if I didn't feel the best in an outfit I would still wear it I'm like whatever it's fine no one cares you know and I was always in the, like, I don't want to attract that attention because that's wrong. And it's like, fuck that. I do want to attract that attention. That's not the only attention I want to attract, but like, I want to feel really sexy. If you see a woman who feels really sexy, regardless of what she wears or looks like, like you feel that energy, right? And that's what we get to focus on. And whatever expression of the self that reflects when you feel your sexiest, that's what I want you to embrace, And if you're a dude and you're still listening, cool, love having you here, please let me know you listen to this. And I'd love to know your thoughts as well on this, um, because I think it's interesting to hear it from a dude's perspective. But um, yeah, so those are my seven aspects of thriving that you guys can start to assess and look at and start to overhaul certain aspects so that you can truly experience a feeling of thriving and if in any capacity you would like support with this please message me and i definitely have some courses and coaching programs and all this stuff so if this is something that you would like to work on i would love 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 to assist you and if you also just want to connect and you're listening and we've never talked please dm me i'm so happy to connect with you if you liked this podcast um, I'd love for you to screenshot it. I'd also love for you to write a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, when you write a review on Apple Podcasts, you make my uh, podcast more searchable. It helps the algorithm. So if you like my podcast, please, please, please let me know. Um, you can even just say like oh my goodness amazing love this like you don't even have to write something insane if you choose to that's perfectly fine I'm just grateful for anything or if you just want to rate it that's also fine Um, but yeah I love you guys I felt really good sharing all of this with you I thank you for listening to this long ass podcast and I hope you got exactly what you needed out of it today